back to Home Design Chat with Nancy. If you're remodeling or building a new home, you don't want to miss these podcasts. We share information about every component of your home. You'll learn about tile, appliances, cabinets, paint, flooring, lighting. We cover it all. Well, today is December 14th. We are so close to Christmas, we can just about hear Santa Claus. And then 2023. Oh, my God going by really fast. Well, guess what? Today we have Jan Rutgers here with us. Now, if you are a subscriber or if you listen to these podcasts, you know that Jan's been with me several times, many times. And it's really fun because we talk about kitchens all the time. Um, Even when we're not recording, we talk about kitchens. So Jan, thank you again for joining me. My pleasure. My pleasure. Glad to be back. Well, today we are going to talk about uh, things that are important to people who are thinking of remodeling their kitchen, starting over, adding stuff. And um, it's going to be really interesting. So you better take notes. So Jan, let's start with it. The five kitchen trends to get rid of. Now, (laughs) if you have these, we're not suggesting you throw them out. We're just going to put a little... um, I guess, message in your ear that, you know, these are out of date. Yeah. And, you know, and I think too, when, uh, when we say they're out of date, uh, we're in a time when just about anything goes. And um, if it works for you, that is going to be a good uh, kitchen design to go with. And um, also too, when Nancy and I are putting together these talks, you know, we're doing our research and we're looking at what is, uh, you know, what what are we seeing happening out in the industry? What are people blogging about, people writing about? And, and I think what will be interesting about uh, today is we're going to go through things and, uh, you know, look at, you know, what's being reported as uh, the five outdated kitchen trends and we're probably going to uh you know say yay or nay to Mm -hmm. to all of them so as we've (laughs) said many times before these ideas that we talk about they're from designers who are not the uh, go-to in their area maybe they are but they have their thoughts on things Jan and I have our thoughts on things and you as the homeowner, you have your ideas and you don't have to listen to anybody because it's your home. Exactly. So these are just ideas, you know, and like Jan said, Sometimes we disagree vehemently. Yes. <laughs> and you know what? And I'm going to disagree with the first one. The first one that um, is on the list is two-toned cabinets. And what that typically means is that uh, within your kitchen that you're using two different finishes on the cabinetry. You know, maybe you're doing the island in a different finish or color, or maybe you're doing the base cabinets, or you know, maybe you're, you know, um, you're just mixing it up. And uh, there, there is some talk out there that um, that two da- two tone cabinets are outdated. And uh, as I said, I'm going to disagree. I strongly feel that the kitchen, especially the kitchen that is included as part of a great room design needs to be kind of mixed up so that it balances with a typical uh, design or decor of a living space. You know, we're not making everything completely matchy-matchy in the living space. So my philosophy is to mix it up within your kitchen. And mm-hmm. I actually love the idea of two-tone kitchens. And I recently uh, completed a kitchen where I put four different finishes on the cabinetry. So what if, what about you, Nancy? What's your thoughts on this one? Well, I don't like the idea of having uppers and lowers and base cabinets, two different colors. They just look like there's no continuity. Mm-hmm. I just completed a kitchen where I did have an island in a 
nice, beautiful, dark blue, and the rest of the kitchen was gray. And I thought it was very uh, cohesive. It worked well together, and it was also a great room. So mm -hmm. I brought those gray cabinets into the family room. So it, it worked. But And also, I might say that when there's a kitchen that's very woodsy and you look at those pictures, you go, okay, this looks dated. So the wood cabinet, not the flat front cabinet, but say an arch door or a raised panel, when you have so much wood, you need something to break it up. So I think in that area, maybe a, a second color on the island would be good. Uh, sometimes you don't have to redo the whole kitchen to bring it up to date, right? I agree. Yeah. And so, you know, so I think that I think that we both agree that that's not a hard and fast rule to um, you know, say that a, that two tone cabinet tree within your kitchen is um, is dated. It's really going to be how you put it together. And yeah. um, Nancy and I both you know, always recommend that you do get a qualified designer involved to help you you know, with that, because again, I feel um, my combination of four different finishes in this large great room kitchen, you know, plus um, two different, two more different finishes in the attached butler's pantry was part of the whole overall look of the house. And right. uh, it made sense. But yeah, randomly painting you know, all or finishing all your cabinetry in multiple different colors probably right. is not the way to go. Right. Totally agree. If you don't get a professional to help you with this, you would end up with a patchwork quilt. Exactly. Right. Okay. okay. Let's jump so, over to, oh, finish with that one. Yeah. Yeah. Finish with okay. it or just kind of on to number two. Yeah. The, the farmhouse look. Hey, if you guys are living on a farm, go with the farmhouse look. I love it. If you're living in the middle of Chicago or L.A. or out here in the desert, that farmhouse look does not fit. I'm, I have to say, you walk into a house and you go, okay, it's a time warp. Where the heck am I? Yeah. Yeah. Well, exactly. And, you know, and I think, too, when I when I look at uh, farmhouse decor or what we're calling modern farmhouse decor, that, uh, you know, it had it had its place. Uh, you know, I'm glad of what it really did for for the industry. I think it got it got it broke people out of of some of the, um, the other styles that we've had for different decades. But, yes, it's been much too much overdone. It um, absolutely, you know, is appropriate for someone, you know, that does have a farmhouse. Um, some of you probably know I live out, you know, in the country, um, outside of a, a, any major cities. And yeah, I could see it appropriate in, in some indications, but it's become uh, much too much contrived mm -hmm. that it's it's so predictable and unfortunately I'm even I'm still seeing that look being used in um, in developments that you know you walk in and they're still using farmhouse decor and every home you know in the subdivision has white shaker cabinets and, and matte black hardware and white subway tiles you know and it's it is it's pretty monotonous mm -hmm. that um, you know it's not it definitely is not a style that I would recommend a client start with you yeah. know, right now. You know, um, maybe I'm wrong, but I think it started with the farmhouse sink. Now, yes. Mm -hmm. Right. And mm -hmm. people like that look for some reason. They like the idea of that full apron made out of the same material, whether it's stainless steel or enamel. Mm -hmm. But I just read where somebody's comment was they hated it. It's 
it's not, you have to know what you're doing when you install it. Otherwise you have these little nooks and crannies that gather mm-hmm. germs. So I've never seen an advantage to a farmhouse sink. I think, again, that should stay on the farm. <laughs> yeah, again, you know, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna have a different opinion. What what I like about it, and I don't refer to it as a farmhouse sink as much as I'll refer to it as an apron front sink. And uh-huh. you're exact, exactly right. Um, the installation of it is key, you know, that it, it needs to be scribed, you know, to the cabinetry, etc. But where I like to use it, um, you know, is in homes where they're... Um, you know, there might be children or people of smaller stature that um, the farmhouse sink does allow them to access the sink better. Um, I started watching the installation of undermount sinks. That sink was creeping farther and farther and farther away from the front edge of the cabinetry, making it much more difficult to um, to access it, that you were kind of really bending and stretching to get um, into the sink. So it, is, it has been something that I I've specified yeah. specifically I'll, for that. I'll mm-hmm. make a comment about that because I worked mm-hmm. for years with installers. And for some reason, some of them, if you don't specify where you want the sink, they will actually center it from front to back. So your countertop mm-hmm. is 25 and a half. Mm-hmm. And then they go, okay, well, we'll just center it. A lot of times there's too much space from the edge of your front countertop to the beginning of your sink. So you do have to specify that you want it brought closer to the mm-hmm. edge. And I yeah. always do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Good. good and not thing only to be that, doing. the advantage <laughs> of that, people, is to have more space on the back of your sink so that you can actually clean between the <laughs> backsplash and your faucets. Yes. Yeah, you're so right. And and I think people are listening or seeing that Nancy and I get off on these tangents all the time when we're talking (laughs) about things. But yeah, I think, you know, I think we can all agree, though, you know, it's time to let, you know, modern farmhouse, you know, in your suburban home. um, Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Okay. Okay. The next one is the small pendants. And I have talked so much on lighting with uh, Jim Funk. She's my lighting expert and if you notice the lights over the islands uh over the dining room table they're very interesting they're um they're getting smarter looking they actually are almost your focal point in the room right uh, yes i agree and um you know it's interesting i was uh Nancy and I were talking a little while ago that I've been teaching the uh, the certifi- certification design program at my local college. And last week, I actually took them um, on a field trip, you know, to a lighting store. So, and that was something that we that we talked about how how lighting lighting is really having its day in the sun, so to speak. It uh-huh. um, you know for many many years it was really difficult you know to find um, you know good examples or good Good selection in lightings. Now that really, really has changed over the last, I'd say about the last 10 years, but definitely in the last five years, uh, statement lighting, you know, has, has definitely become a thing. And just like you were saying, it's a, uh, it is a focal point. And you know what, I think that it is um, a great space in the kitchen to fairly economically 
put in a great focal point with an over with oversized pendants, mm-hmm. and, and we're definitely seeing the trend of being much more oversized. Yeah. That the small the small ones, um, you know, they're just they're just kind of getting lost in in the space. And I think you and I were talking once, um, you know, and you had um, mentioned that it almost just looks like you know holiday you know Christmas lights you know yeah. hanging there. Yeah. They can be so well, small. Know- a couple of years ago, the only linear fixture you could get were the ones that uh, were designed to be over pool tables. Yes, yes. And so if you had a rectangular dining room table or a rectangular island, then you couldn't find a linear fixture. Mm-hmm. Now you could, and they're so beautiful. So the Good. designers are really stepping up and uh, coming up with some great designs, whether it's metal, contemporary, traditional, crystal. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah, and no more. Yeah, and so definitely, um, you know, that tiny little understated, um, you know, couple of pendants hanging over your island, you know, can be really dating your space, yeah. and, and it's an easy upgrade. There's yeah. something that you could easily upgrade, and and a visit to a retail lighting store is going to be all the inspiration a, a consumer would need. Exactly. Now, if you still like those little pendants, you can put it over a desk area in a bedroom, or you can use them in a bathroom in a small area. Mm-hmm. So yeah, not to throw them out. You can always recycle your things. Mm-hmm. Okay. The um, too many small appliances. Oh my God. Now it's <laughs> Christmas and yeah. people are always going to give you some sort of countertop appliance and that's going to actually double or triple what you've had already so (laughs) how many do you need how many toasters how many coffee makers how many air fryers how many mm-hmm. can openers yeah i mean i know you know what and it's and it's always going to be an issue because there's um there's always new you know products that come into into the marketplace and um my you know my solution as a kitchen designer um in recent years has actually been to design designated small small appliance pantries you know i even did i did a walk in one for some clients a little while ago where instead of having um, you know, dedicated uh, food storage pantry, which they did have some food put in there, but we designed it in such a way with multiple electrical circuits at countertop height because uh, they did love their small appliances. But mm-hmm. it's true, it was that was really cluttery in um, in their main kitchen. So the idea was that in in many cases you can go to that that space to use the appliance and even myself i have a uh, you know i have an interesting kitchen layout that has um like an attached pantry which is an extension of my kitchen and i've recently set my bake center up in there so mm-hmm. that my stand mixer is up 24 7 it's it sits on the counter ready to go in the bake area i moved my coffee zone in there so that you know my coffee maker and my electric kettle and my well it's my beverage center and my um Oh, what uh, that other um, soda stream, you know, mm-hmm. are all there ready to use, but they're not they're not on display. So, so you know, you're I now think, living in your pantry, pretty much. You know, <laughs> you know, I just you know, but, you um, know. <laughs> as a hint, if people have a lot of these small appliances and you have a pantry, no matter what the size is, you can reconfigure that pantry without redoing your whole kitchen. All you Mm -hmm. have to do is make sure you have a countertop washable, could be laminate, Mm -hmm. uh, 36 high, 
and make sure you have outlets like Jan said. Then mm -hmm. you have some open shelving above and you have some countertop, I mean, some cabinetry below the countertop and you've turned your uh, pantry into a butler's pantry, really. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. And I think, you know, yes, yes, we do get, um, you know, crazy sometimes with, you know, too many small appliances and, and too many gadgets. But in some cases, they really do, um, you know, really can be... Um, you know, time savers. And, you know, I've got to say, yeah. I pulled out my bread maker that I purchased in 1995, um, you know, during the, the pandemic, because I wasn't going grocery shopping, you know, often. And, you know, I didn't have time to, you know, kind of make the bread and proof it and rise it. And, you know, I was I was still busy. And do you know what? It it is it sits halfway um, on display. It's it's back in that pantry as well. But um, you know, it's it's just something. I'm glad I didn't get rid of it. It's something yeah. that's... Well, that you I mentioned about your KitchenAid. That thing yeah. weighs a ton. So when uh -huh. people have it, I always suggest that if they're going to use it, they have to keep it in an area where they can use it. Instead of having to lift it out of a base cabinet or mm -hmm. it's somewhere in another room, uh, mm -hmm. you'll never use it. So yeah. if you can mm -hmm. make your appliances accessible, easy to use, easy to clean, mm -hmm. then they won't be a waste. Otherwise, make a pile and give them to Goodwill. Yes, right? I agree. <laughs> right. Okay. Our last one would be those busy, busy backsplashes that were popular many years ago. And like I said to Jan before, you know, we we used to, if you look in old magazines, they had a pattern on the floor, a pattern on the countertop, a pattern on the backsplash. It looked like a patchwork quilt. It Now yeah. we're mm -hmm. doing calming kitchens, things that are cleaner looking, more simple, um, more functional, I think. Yeah. And I think, too, that, um, you know, this this. Uh, you know, outdated look, you know, does play into trends that do that do happen within our industry. And it's just the way we're saying right now, we may be talking about this in a couple of years ago that those big oversized pendants, you know, are dating, are dating Probably. your kitchens. Yeah. In um, 2040, yes, yeah. we're still around. <laughs> yeah. Although what were they thinking? Yeah. So I you know, I think um, you know, what you know, what designers are talking about here is there has been like even in the last 10, you know, 10 or more years, there has been backsplash trends. There was like I remember um, the trend probably, you know, around, you know, 2010, you know, 20, you know, 12 in there, everybody was doing mosaic tiles on their mm -hmm. backsplash and um, like really, really busy. But, you know, every project that I saw, that's what they were, they were choosing. You know, then we went into a, um, a, a look that that's, that's still kind of happening right now with those patterned cement tiles that almost had kind of like a Moroccan feel to it, mm -hmm. like really popular. And I see a lot of them, you know, still going into, into backsplashes right now. And they probably are, they're probably going to stamp, um, you know, 2018 to 20, you know, 22. Onto well, they your, might as well just kitchen. write the year that they put it on there. So when you walk into a dated kitchen, you don't have to guess. 
Yes, yes. So, oh, you, you know, I, you know, my, you know, my philosophy with my clients is, you know, go with you with what you love. Try to, you know, when you, if you start seeing things you know, online or, you know, on Pinterest or in magazines again and again and again and again, you've got to start thinking, well, you know, has it had its day? But, you know, I had a client um, a while ago who had had fond, fond memories. She was a young, young woman, but she had fond, fond memories of, um, you know, spending, you know, her early 20s in Turkey and, you know, with exchange student things she was doing and just kind of fell in love with everything. We redid her kitchen and she did import some Turkish tiles to go on the backsplash. Now, in that case, it is so personal to her and it is just going to bring her back to a, a wonderful place in her life every time she looks at it. In that point, I would say, yeah, you want to go for the color, go for it. Right. But yeah, but it's but just, easy to change if she sells the house and the new owner doesn't yeah, like it. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. you know, I think, too, especially when it comes to backsplash, and we've talked, you've said, too, that kitchens are getting calmer. And, you know, they are busy places. There's a lot more people in them. We do have things sitting on the countertop that uh, probably a calmer backsplash is a better route to go than something overly patterned and, and colored that's... Um, that's going to automatically date your space. I agree. Yeah, there's so many articles I've read where they're saying people want calm. They do want color, but they want calm. So with that, I do have to bring up Studio 41. Thank you, Studio 41, for sponsoring me. Uh, they have showrooms that are constantly evolving. There's, I think, 14 showrooms in Illinois, maybe 15, and they're pretty well known there. They have one in Scottsdale, and I've said this many times. I use them as my source for plumbing fixtures, for cabinet hardware. They also have cabinetry. It's just a great showroom, and so if you're not in the area of Illinois and Scottsdale, you can go on their website, and you can also shop from their website. It's shopstudio41.com. I think you'll be surprised. It's the largest cabinet um, uh, cabinet fixtures or cabinet hardware that I have ever seen in my life, literally. So now we're going to go to the the trends that we like. Well, the designers like. We're not saying that we agree totally. But if you have any of these trends in your kitchen, you might want to keep them. Or you might agree with us on some of them and say, no, it's time to get rid of them. And the first one we're going to talk about is wood cabinets. Mm -hmm. Right, Jan? Yeah. You know what? And I love natural wood cabinetry. Always have, always will. I I definitely find that natural wood is is very warming. It's it's calming. It really connects you, you know, to that indoor outdoor feel. And it's restorable. It very yeah. And you know, and I think too, we've seen the the white kitchen. Um, you know, has dominated for, you know, for the last decade, you know, you know the, from this farmhouse look of the white shaker, you know, to the classic, you know, traditional look of, you know, the white recessed or raised panel door, like white, 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 everything has been painted. And the return to some natural wood tones, and I think there's a key to natural, you know, we're not staining the wood in some weird, you know, purpley, burgundy color that, you know, that we were seeing in the 90s and, uh, you know, or those, you know, kind of orangey oak colors we were seeing in the 80s. This is a natural, calm feel 
uh, to wood and kind of that return, you know, of the natural wood in the kitchen is definitely a trend that, um, you know, we'll, we'll be seeing and, and, a, and a good choice. Well, I might add that I really do like the white kitchens. Um, And uh, there are certain natural woods that I like, as I was saying before, the rift cut oak. I love that. But that is a a vertical, well, depending on how you hold it, it could be horizontal or vertical, but it's a very straight grain, clean look, great in uh, contemporary looks. Um, I'm doing a kitchen now that's traditional, I would say a little more transitional and the island and one wall is going to be a wood tone and it's not going to be a natural, but it's going to be a cocoa medium color. And the rest of the kitchen is going to be white, but it's going to be a soft white, not a harsh white. And I like the combinations of the white and the wood. Um, I still think that if you go with a total woodsy kitchen, it looks very kitcheny, reminds me of the 60s. Yeah. So, yeah. And you know what? I, I agree with you there, Nancy. And I think that, you know, brings back to why you, both of us and you kind of disagree with, you know, two-tone kitchens being out because, and there's the, the perfect example. And, um, you know, I, I agree with you. I, I probably one of my favorite looks right now is to combine a natural wood, like a rift cut white oak or a birch or a beech in a nice light stain, you know, with an off white, um, paint and a, and a black or a charcoal like that for me is is my ultimate you know kitchen design as uh, for a palette of mixing those finishes so um yeah and it's true you, you do got to be careful with that whole wood I, I think it lends itself better to a very contemporary you know streamlined door you know as soon as you start you know getting into like a traditional you know raised panel or an, even in some cases the recessed panel doors it can it can get too heavy Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, you know, and, and do the opposite and date the space again. Well, and with that being said, if you can do away with some storage area, maybe a couple of open shelves would break up that look, that woodsy look. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. a possibility. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, well, the next one is some details. And I'm reading through and... Um, It's actually like customizing your kitchen. And I think as designers, we do that. We don't do the cookie cutter kitchen. We find out what the likes and dislikes are of our clients, how they use the kitchen, what they have, how they cook. And then we design according to that. So if they're calling that the little details, yeah, Yeah. that's still in. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, You know, you, you, um, you said it extremely well is, is, you know, clients aren't looking for cookie cutter design. You know, they, they want something in their kitchens that are very much reflective of them. And, you know, and who knows what, what that could be. It could be, um, um, you know, it could be the client that um, collects spices, you know, and is and is really experimental. So, you know, the little detail for them is is to be able to have, you know, designated, you know, condiment, you know, storage in different zones that, you know, if they're going to be doing their um you know, you know, Indian-based cooking. You know, they want to have have their spices there. If they want to be doing an Italian-based, you know, cooking, they have got their spices there. So. I think it's it's so important that you know as designers that we get to know our clients that that we have really good needs assessments uh surveys with them to pull out what those details are and it you know it could be like 
when I start thinking about, you know, projects that I've done in the last while, like I remember one gal, yeah, was really all about, she was really into gardening and really about uh, all about composting. And yeah, we did do a compost shoot right in her countertop, you know, next to, you know, between her sink and her prep area so that, that she could do that. It was really important to her that mm-hmm. uh, it was easy, accessible, not for everybody, but in that, a detail that worked for her. Not for everybody. I agree. <laughs> okay. I want to talk about monogram because I was looking at our next uh, uh, topic was going to be make it a double. And we're talking about two dishwashers to re- a refrigerator or freezer side by side or separate it. And I've got to talk about monogram. They have uh, very smart appliances. And so if you don't know anything about monogram, you should go to monogram.com. They have apps, smart apps that you can put on your phone. But not only, and we were talking about this, you don't want to turn your oven on from your phone and then you can't find your phone or you forgot to charge it or whatever. You're right in the kitchen. Turn your oven on. But what the smart ovens have are programmed recipes and they update them on a continuous basis so that you might be um, finding something in your oven, a beautiful recipe that you just came across that wasn't there before. So uh, check into the Monogram appliances. You can go to monogram.com or you can go to a local showroom, find out if they have a working kitchen so that you can try these appliances. I suggest that. Well, um, we're coming to the end, but I want to talk about the two islands that we talked about before. Pros and cons. Doubling up, yeah. yeah. So yeah, when you when you're doubling up, and I absolutely agree, uh, it's rare that I you know design a medium or larger size kitchen these days without two dishwashers in it. And uh, you know we are you know, we are doubling up on our ovens. Maybe we're ch- switching them out. We're putting in steam speed ovens along with a conventional oven. But uh, a big trend that that we're hearing about and that we're seeing and a lot of talk about is the double island and um you know nancy and i've talked about this you know before that you know but i think both of us are kind of on the fence with it is you know is it a functional you know thing for a kitchen um you know, the amount of space that you need to truly put in a double oven like i don't know no double um, island I mean, double, double, double island, you know, is is a lot. Like the, the, the yeah. NKBA, the National Kitchen and Bath Association, just came out with new guidelines. Um, I don't know if, if you picked it up uh, yet, Nancy, but you know, I ordered one online. I was I was reading through it, and one that really jumped out to me is for years and years and years as a um, you know certified kitchen designer or as a trained designer, we wanted forty two inches in between. Um, countertops for work aisles that was you know you know some designers were squeaking it down to 36 they're now saying 48 inches or more so now you start adding that all up now i disagree with that i disagree i mean yes depending on who you are now Mm -hmm. if you're a um very healthy big person you're going to need more space between the island and the perimeter cabinets Mm -hmm. but Think about the the steps that you need. I happen, as we've talked about, I am a mm-hmm. petite person. I'm going to need more footsteps going from my island to my perimeter. And, and uh, to me, that's a waste of space. So mm-hmm. I go with, I think I have 36 in my kitchen because I yeah. am that small. Yeah. But mm-hmm. um, you know what? You got to do what you got to do. I do yeah. want to mm-hmm. say that we're running out of time. But Jan, mm-hmm. guess what we're going to talk about the next time we get together? 
cave is? <laughs> well, we could we could do yeah, that because could. we're going to talk about kitchen trends for 2023. Yes, yes. You know, I'm exactly. anxious to see what's going to be at Cabiz and mm-hmm. what we can agree with and tear apart. Yeah. Just no, don't forget, people, it's yeah. your kitchen. We keep saying this, right, Jan? Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much for uh, giving me some special time to do this podcast. I hope everybody enjoyed it. We try to cover uh, different things that would be of interest, especially to people who are remodeling. You know, it's your big investment when you remodel, so you don't want to make a mistake. We always suggest that you either consult with a professional or work with them through the design and the specifications. So Jan, have a great night. I want to tell everybody that if they have any questions for either of us, they can email me at nancy at nancyhugo.com. If you want to learn more about me, you can go to my website, nancyhugo.com. And don't forget to share these podcasts with your friends. Don't keep it a secret. So I hope you got a lot out of this podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. And please subscribe on the platform that you're using to listen listen to this podcast. So, hey, it's going to be Christmas before you know it. So have a merry. Yes. Happy holidays to you too, Nancy. Thank you. Everybody stay safe. Have a great day. Bye now.